0: Hello there everyone and welcome to another episode of the long live rock and roll podcast on my left as always mr Philippe amorim how you doing man all good man how Where are you, everyone yeah we're doing a different thing today we're recording from the car on tour because we've been trying to get together and things have been so busy this guy is just gigging like crazy he's the main blues drummer in london in soho so he's you're gigging every uh, night the, aren't you the hardest working drummer my press break <laughs> <laughs> So he's well, yeah. So we've, we've struggled to get together over the last few months, but we've got some time now. We're driving up to Glasgow, Scotland today, so we thought we'd do an episode whilst we're recording so it's a bit different I know the audio might not be as good as the normal ones we do when we're sat at home but we're still bringing you the content and um, happy to have a good discussion aren't we yes of yes. course yeah, so no, we're
1: going to send you the remastered
0: version of this later you know? yeah, we might yeah. do we reissue the episode two years later yeah. and we we'll <laughs> charge you double for it Yeah, and put it in some new packaging um, so this episode is going to be a little different you guys remember the natural talent versus hard work discussion we had um, and the classic rock discussion this is also going to to Be a uh, topical discussion if you like, and what we're going to talk about today is lineup changes within bands in rock and roll. Wow, what excellent. do you think about that? I love I the subject. We were talking about this because uh, you know, sometimes
1: you love a band and you want that band to be perfect and to be like that forever.
0: But uh, before we, we start, the ceremonial, hold on, yeah. get on camera. Oh, yeah, there we go, the ceremonial cracking of the beer. As the police look over at the bridge, <laughs> oh, brilliant! Brilliant. I'm not drinking, obviously. My eyes are, and you can't see from my sunglasses, but my eyes are fixed on the road, so don't uh, worry about that. Think, yeah, we're all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, if, you, if you're listening to this episode, we survived. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this could be like one of those Frank Zappa tapes that get lost in time. Yeah, and okay, like, but yeah if well, we don't survive, I hope you find this yeah. anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, lineup changes. So, when you talk to us a bit about, I don't know, general thoughts on lineup. No, as I was saying, is we, when we love a band, we don't want it to change,
1: do we? It's no. like, oh, I love those guys, that lineup, that band. Yeah, and some bands manage to go through history without a single change, or at least they didn't change whilst they were famous, right? Yes, sometimes yeah. they have different lineups, uh, before they, they reach a certain level of success, but then they never change, or when someone dies. They say, "Oh, well, this is the end of the band, right?" Yeah. So uh, for those bands, you know, uh, uh, it's easier for the fans to still relate to the band because it's the same guys. And yeah. you get a lot of hate when when a band needs to change someone
0: because sometimes yeah. the band doesn't want to change, but they have to. Um, isn't it funny when you think that you know people in normal everyday jobs if they're not happy with their job they make a change they hand their resignation in, they go and find a new position yeah. but in music and rock and roll it's almost so accepted it. no it's like <laughs> hey you're part of this band you've got to be here with it forever i think linking to what you said there's two ways that you can look at lineup changes there would be the fact that you're happy as in a band with a certain lineup has released an album that has done something for you sentimentally or emotionally. That album means something to you. And so those four guys or those five guys together making that music at that time had a dip, deep impact on you. Yeah. So it, you get upset when one of them leaves. But on the other side, I think there is the musical the broader side of it, where people say, well, actually, I don't mind who plays drums in this band because I like all of their music. When they had this drummer early on, when they had the new drummer, I like it all, so I don't care. Well, that that's an interesting point there because when you, when you talk about changing a drummer
1: or bass player, it might affect the band, but I think what people notice the most is when they change singers. Yeah, it? yeah. So I want to mention a few cases like...
0: Well, singer uh, is the voice of the band, band isn't it? Exactly. It's, yeah. it's and more, the face.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, you might not be able to identify who, who the drummer is by a drum fill or groove, yep. or who the bass player is based on whatever groove or bass tone he, he has. yeah. Uh, but you can certainly tell who is the singer, right? In yeah. the most cases, right? Even in bands with more than one singer, most people know the difference between the voice of John Lennon and the so you like that singer, like the other one, whatever. I think um, there's, you know, uh, one band we, we can mention right away is Black Sabbath.
0: Yeah. Right. That's very different, isn't it? Because the contrast voices, the, the contrast in the voices of Ozzy Osbourne and Ronnie James Dio. They're they're just they're <laughs> almost right. on the other ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, the
1: women, if, I don't even want to mention the other singers because they kept changing, right? But but yeah. So those two guys. Dio and Ozzy, how can you compare
0: them? They, they, they are, you can't. Uh, the opposite, They're can't they? so different. Ozzy's Aussies, yeah. Aussies a guy who shouts and actually happens to hit a lot of right notes, but his voice has attitude and it has power and it has aggression. Dio, I, I don't know this, but to me, he seems as if he is as good as classically trained. Yeah. Um, he's, my he's- wife's a vocal coach and she said Dio's voice sounds so operatic to her. He is operatic. It is. Uh, he is, well... He's clearly more technical than Ozzy. Yes. Yeah. So it's not,
1: it's not a competition here, right? We're not saying this guy's going to score more points. It's just in what each voice but does for the band. He is more technical. So he could do a lot of stuff that Ozzy couldn't do. On the other hand, Ozzy's voice is so unique. Yeah. And he, it's, I find, you know, you can find a, a few metal singers that try to sound like Dio, and they kind of manage to, you, but who sounds like Ozzy? Difficult. Exactly. Nothing. Also, Ozzy being an original member, he's got the emotion, emotional emotional uh, 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 connection with the band, isn't it? Yeah. You, you're like you you were part of that band when they were playing pub gigs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then they became famous. There, are, so, there is Ozzy in the DNA of Black Sabbath yes. and there isn't Dio in the DNA of Black Sabbath. Exactly. And you have, I think
1: isabella is the main lyricist, right? Yeah. So one thing was for him to, let's write lyrics for Ozzy. I know how it's going to sound in his voice or whatever. Yeah. And then you're going to write the lyrics for Dio or, or any other singer that joins the band. It, it, it does change a lot. When I first listened to Heaven uh, uh, and Hell, the first album with, with Dio, Dio, yeah. Dio. I was quite shocked. i say, is this Black Sabbath? Yeah. It's so different. It is. But mm-hmm. I love the album. Mm. Yeah. So do you know what I did emotionally to feel better about? What? i is a different band? Fair enough. i <laughs> say, so I'm listening to a different band with some members of the other band I like. For commercial
0: reasons, they kept the name. <laughs> it's funny because with the one consistency with Black Sabbath is the music. Um, And I don't mean the music as in the song you're hearing I mean the actual music played by the instruments I don't feel that has changed But now we talk about the overall music The Sabbath with Ozzy and Sabbath with Dio The kinds of Those two different kinds of metal are very different and they bring very unique perspectives into the ears of um, fans who listen to the songwriters of Black Sabbath and like you said identifying right well I've written this to suit Ozzy's voice and I've written this to suit Dio's voice but the results in our opinion seem to be that they're both brilliant yeah I, I know people who only listen to the Dio uh, albums because uh, don't like Ozzy really? or Well, they actually
1: like the live versions of Ozzy's songs with Dio doing but yeah, I yeah. know people who like who love Aussie, and they can't accept anyone, anyone else as Black Sabbath singer, so that's what it is. Uh, you know, um, I, I think that's a classic case of changing singer. Uh, the, the other one I want to mention, it's its an interesting one,
0: is Queen. Oh, yeah. Because Freddie Mercury is one of those guys that you can't replace that guy, can you? That's actually kind of a very sensitive topic for me, because... Queen are one of my favourite bands and one of the and one of the, the key factors in that was Freddie Mercury and so I I'm almost to, to an extent I'm kind of um, disappointed that they kept uh, going. That they kept going because there is no Queen without Freddie. And we said this on episode two, the Queen episode. Um, oh, yeah. That was my Laz Unleashed, wasn't it? Or oh. Laz Shorts. It was the no, it was last shorts. It was Queen is not Queen without we Freddie Mercury and John Deacon. Right, <laughs> I agree with you. I do have a
1: point though about yeah. that. That's it might be interesting. Um, think about the new or the recent incarnation of Queen as oh, oh my phone just dropped as a tribute band. Well yeah. very expensive tribute band. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Fine. Um, imagine a tribute band that's got some of the original members. Okay. So the main issue I, I guess is when you actually keep the name. If there was say yeah. uh, Brian May and Friends.
0: Yep. Oh i I'd even the take the music of Queen. I'd even take the ticket. You Roger would buy Taylor, tickets, wouldn't yeah. you? I'd even take Roger Taylor and Brian Yeah, 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 I know.
1: Yeah, Roger Queen. Taylor is there, and, they, they, you know, both guys. I'm just saying, I just, oh, I just I don't see want to make a really long name, but... All right, <laughs> okay. Roger Taylor, Brian May, and friends in concert, performing yeah. the music of Queen. Yeah, that's would we'll be happy, happy wouldn't they? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, um, like a different... Literally, just call it another name and make it work. Yeah. Uh, I've made this point before uh,
0: uh, about Guns and Roses.
1: Cause I, was I, said it, gonna, yeah, I was just going to... Yeah, I just
0: go Because... It's, it's, sorry, can I just say it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Instead of one guy leaving, the rest of the yeah. band has left and only one guy has stayed a constant, isn't it? Exactly. He owns the band, isn't yeah. it? But, yeah. But uh, Axel Rose we're talking Axel about. Rose, that, the, way.
1: Yeah. the thing about Axel Rose was like he, he kept the band going without the original members. And most people think yeah, but he's the voice of the band. Yeah, but his slash is the image of Cousin Rose, isn't it? Yeah. The hat and the guitar and yeah. all that
0: stuff. So I, I think I might have even was it, in, was it in? <laughs> in Laz Shorts? So the only two segments of Laz Shorts we've done have been wow. about band lineups. Oh, in really? the Queen episode, it was Queen is not Queen without yeah. Freddie Mercury and John Deacon. And in the Guns N' Roses one, I said Chinese Democracy isn't a Guns N' Roses album <laughs> because it's only got Axel on. But uh, to an extent, I agree with that. Guns that you think are Guns N' Roses, you think of Sweet Child of Mine. Oh? What makes Sweet Child of Mine? Slash is Riff. Duff's groove, um, yeah. Izzy's yeah. rhythm playing—it's fantastic. That is what encompasses Guns N' Roses, yeah. not just the singer.
1: Well, in in their case, changing the drummer wasn't a big deal. Changing or adding a piano player—it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, but the lead guitarist, who happens to be, for most people, the actual.
0: Face of the band, yeah, although you can't yeah. see his face behind his head. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but, it's, but the reason it's, for that is because uh, of his the, accomplishments on that instrument, yeah. You, you know, when you say when you think slash, even if you don't think he's one of the best, he's one of the most iconic guitar yes, players, yeah, of yeah, and time. you don't think of him playing solo guitar on his own, you think of him with his band, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. And, but here's, here's an interesting thing about
1: uh, both Queen and Guns and Roses is like connecting to uh, uh, stories uh, the replacements were made at the point of those bands that had loads of money so we're talking about whoever is going to replace the guys uh, uh, the original guys are going to be pro yeah. pro musicians right yeah. so they're not hiring anyone to just come there and, and, and play they're they getting people who are like awesome players they're yeah. not like you know like matt sorum in guns N' roses like uh, um adam lambert with yeah, queen. queen he is he's a hell of a singer you can't argue against that you can't say oh that guy's not good but you yeah, can't say he's he... not freddy yeah he's the point yeah. he's not the guy you want to listen to singing uh, those songs it's not the voice you want on those songs uh paul so... rogers did a great job yeah. with Queen. wow what a singer also a pro, you know, Uh, but the point is, can you feel the uh, emotional connection with the band if they're not there, if the
0: original guys are not there? That's what I was going to say, I was going to ask you, what impact you think um, bringing session guys into an already established, into an already established band, what do you think that does for the music uh, and the the songwriting and the, I suppose, morale in the band? Well, uh, in every
1: artistic uh, 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 project, if you add a person, if you put any other human in the room, yeah, you change the whole vibe, that's a fact, yes. you change how people how behave and think and act, Yeah. so one good example for session guys, so we're talking about session musicians or freelance musicians, are uh, those
0: guys who don't necessarily belong to a band, and they work for several different artists. Uh, yeah, if there, if there is anyone who doesn't know what the definition of a session musician is, like Felipe said, you record for people. You you're not gigs. tied to a band. You could be hired for one tour or a couple of gigs. Yeah, so, yeah you might you do, do freelance one, work. Yeah. yeah, or you might do one tour,
1: or you might stay in the band for 20 years, even though you're not part of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, those so. things happen. So when you add session guys, then you have a completely different story because they are not there to contribute artistically. Yeah, they're usually not there to give an opinion. Yeah, but they do change the environment. One great example: the Beatles. No one considers that the Beatles actually had a lineup change since Ringo joined the band. When Ringo joined, the Beatles became the Beatles. Yeah, right. And what happened after was, right at the end, they added one
0: member. Yeah, but not an official member. Can I tell the story of this? Because yes. It's really interesting. It's this is all, all this information, by the way. Everything I'm going to copy and paste into what I'm saying is actually from that new Beatles documentary called Get Back, uh, which is available on Disney Plus. It's fantastic. Honestly, it's about seven hours of watching the Beatles in a room, songwrite, rehearse, and be themselves. Now, for that, they were in the process of recording the Let It Be album, and as lot as well as this, they were working on. special show for audiences they didn't know yet that it was going to be on the rooftop but that was the show they were seriously struggling and the fantastic thing about the documentary is you see them struggling you see them make fantastic musical and songwriting ideas but they never manifested not they couldn't work together to get the song over the line and finish it the morale was down, George Harrison had left the band twice I think in a couple of weeks and come back and everything was awful until Billy Preston, aka the fifth Beatle, turned up, he was doing a session at Abbey Road for another band and he just came in to jam with them and from then on that's it, wow. that history was made because Billy Preston's keyboard playing alone. Changed how Paul McCartney and John Lennon started viewing these songs, and the songs just I don't want to say just because of Billy's keys, but his presence, his personality, his musical ability brought the whole band together and they wrote the album Let It Be. And Billy Preston was a really good songwriter as well, yes, you know, and he had a lovely voice, yeah,
1: he had his solo career. So, as a session guy who happens to be an artist. So it's way more than just a guy playing an instrument, he yeah. had personality. And how much did he add to the beat? It's really, you know, uh, it, it's interesting because, um, as you said, if he plays something on, on a piano and John Lennon reacts to that and plays something else, isn't that part of some writing? Yeah, somehow. Obviously. Even though you don't get credit, that's is no why way.
0: essentially writing with the person, but you as I said, you change the environment. Well, that's sorry, That's why I want to call the Beatles thing a lineup yeah. change. I I don't yeah, I lineup don't lineup believe changing. Billy is. Preston yeah. is a session guy. He 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 was a Beatle for that album. Well, we could have an argument about session guys are considered lineup changes because you can add session guys
1: without actually changing any of the original members. That's true. That yeah, might be the case. But, but what about you? Want talk about the Rolling Stones? The Rolling Stones is an interesting case because they very, had they yeah, had proper lineup changes, which means. An official member leaves the band, and another official member joins the band. And yeah. they had Mick Taylor on guitar replacing uh, Brian Jones. So Brian Jones left the band and later died. Uh, the, that was a crucial lineup change for them, the yeah. first one and an important one because he was writing songs. He was a moot instrumentalist unlike anyone else in the band. Yeah. So they lost a big piece of their puzzle right there. Right, you okay. know that is it's how would they you know get themselves together and and, and, and keep going yeah. regroup as a band. Uh that was quite tricky. But then you have Keith Richards and Mick Jagger from that point until the end of their career as the leaders, as the main songwriters. Yeah. So you could argue that you don't need anyone but those two to have the Rolling Stones
0: and I would I would say that that's right, you know. Would you say the same about the Beatles, Paul and John? Could they have done what they did with another that's, second guitarist and drummer? I don't know.
1: Do you know why? Because Ringo came with Hard Day's Night's uh, title. Oh, I
0: mean, really?
1: Yeah, he came up with... Um, what else? Eight Days a Week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, he wasn't writing those songs, but he was giving them yeah, ideas. He did, his, he did his share of writing as well, yeah, did he? Yeah, he did. But Yeah, exactly. But not even that. I mean, I... I I love John Lennon's and Paul McCartney's solo careers, and I love Wings. But in terms of songwriting, it's not as good as the Beatles, in my yeah, opinion. They were at their best when they put both of their talents together. Also, when they had the other guys creating the band environment, it's your mates with yeah. you jamming, having fun. Yeah, you're it right, right fact about some that. writing. Yeah. Going back to the Stones, uh, so first you have a... a uh, <coughs> excuse me. A let's call it a proper lineup change. The original member left the band; he gets someone else to replace him. But then you don't make a big deal about it, and you focus on the guys who were there before. So yeah. Keith Richards and uh, Mick Jagger instead of Mick Taylor, who's, who's the guitar player who joined the band. Um, then things start to uh, 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 to change more drastically, and you have Ron Wood joining on guitar. Yeah. Uh, who has got a big personality as well, but he said in an interview he didn't want to, to, he didn't want to change the way things were working for the Stones. So he said, I would only give my opinion on should we use this cord or another one if they got stuck.
0: Oh, okay. So cool.
1: Ronwood's a clever guy. It's yeah. like, okay, I've just joined this enterprise and it works really well and it's making millions. And I, I can play my guitar beats around what Keith does. Yeah. So yeah. what else can I do? Well, if they get stuck, I say, why don't we try an F sharp? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. That's exactly what he does. And he does contribute, but he knows Place as just a guitar player in the band, let's put it like that. But then they have, you know, they lost. it oh, was, was uh, Bill uh, uh, Wyman, Wyman, that's why I pronounce it. Yeah,
0: Bill Wyman. Do you guys remember player. in the classic rock episode, me and Felipe and Johnny. Do you remember how yeah. long it took us to find to remember the guy's name? Oh, was it was <laughs> the it bass him? player, yeah. Good, Bill rock Wyman, yeah, Bill Wyman, yeah, <laughs> a friend of friend. We remembered it this time, uh, Bill, yeah, Bill. So Bill,
1: uh left the band. I I, I sometimes struggle with the pronunciation of the surname that's right Wyman. So Bill Wyman uh, officially left the stones and he wasn't officially replaced. So so what you say about that is like okay so the stones from that point onwards don't have a bass player. Yeah. That is that's officially officially is what it is. But you can't have the stones touring and recording without someone playing the bass. Mm. And they got Darryl Jones, who's a session guy again, a freelance musician. Yeah, fantastic. Bass very player. accomplished musician. Yeah, He was I think 18 when he played with Miles Davis. So like wow. Yeah. So he played with one of the biggest names in music history. history. Yeah. Not rock <laughs> history. Not jazz <laughs> history. One of the biggest names in music. So, uh, you get that guy, you know he knows what he's doing, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. He's playing, is
0: fantastic.
1: He doesn't sound like a jazz bass player or fusion bass player. He played what the Stones needed him to play. And it's yeah. a massive contribution. I think for the band, having someone who is not an official member, like Daryl, is like, okay, we've got this guy here who's paid to do what we want him to do. Yeah. So there's no clashes. There's no fights. There's no ego. I think there's On oh, the other hand, the guy's a nice guy. Yeah.
0: yeah you know, he, cr- he helps to create a good nice environment. Driver. Yeah. Yeah. On the other on the other side of it, because Charlie Watts died recently, didn't he? Now, who Steve Jordan's replaced? Charlie Steve Watts. Steve Jordan is on tour so, currently with the Stones. So what I want to say about that is that, to an extent, I think it's actually very clever by the Rolling Stones for more than one reason. So now, now I've, I've a seen. Yeah, well, and to choose these guys. I've had uh, one of my bass tutors at uni I went to, he told me that he is a huge Rolling Stones fan and he's seen them maybe 10, 10, 15 times. One thing that has never changed in every time he's seen them is they are a... A jam band? Can we say that? They're, they kind of. They're, they're, you imagine that when they're writing their songs, they're all jamming together in one room. Well, my tutor said that this was the same live. Whenever they start a song, they take a couple of bars to sync up. Yeah. The drummer might, you know, Charlie Watts might have done a count in, and Keith Richards started the riff, but then Bill Wyman's bass playing—I'm not saying bad, I'm not saying sloppy. Just, it just—it never, it never connected instantly. He said it always took a few bars for them to find each other, hear each other in their ears, and get the groove on. Having professionals like Steve Jordan and Daryl Jones in, especially as they are bass and drums you're paying them for their rhythm section experience yeah. and what a rhythm section has to be as we know is tight cohesive and work well together yeah. and if you get the drummer and the bassist or the, the, the session drummer and session bassist of the Rolling Stones two pros who can hold and lock down the groove and rhythm then you the just... sloppiness from Keith Richards doesn't matter as much does it? No it doesn't <laughs> and so that Keith and well, Mick can be themselves I've seen quite yeah I've seen quite a few videos with them
1: with steve jordan and you sound good fantastic yeah Yeah. so but like how important was charlie wards for the history of rock drumming and drumming in general yeah you can't replace him so i agree with you they were really clever in not calling steve jordan a member of the band or a Official replacement for for yeah, Charlie um, Watts. Charlie yeah, Watts. it's just it's just a guy playing drums on tour, and they don't make a big deal about it. And I don't think he wants that responsibility. Yeah, you can't replace Charlie
0: Watts. I you think can't it's good enough to say. He's been I'm, there for I'm 50 years. Yeah, he's yeah. good enough anyway, just to say, yeah, I'm playing drums for the Rolling Stones for this tour. <laughs> yeah, no, <so laughs> I don't really, need to be a it. It looks yeah. really
1: good on your CV, oh, doesn't it? You don't yeah. need to be. It don't need to be in the pictures. Right? <laughs> so in that case, they officially now they're a three-piece band. It's yes. The two guitarists yeah. and the singer. You don't have a, a whole band as a band. It's a clever thing. That makes me think about uh, Pink Floyd because they, did, uh, they yeah. did the same sort of thing, adding session guys uh, without making them
0: official members. But the they officially didn't have a bass player in the last lineup. And songwriter. And songwriter, Because Should sense. we talk about Pink Floyd for a bit? Because yes. that's a huge. I mean, there's actually two instances with Pink Floyd, isn't there? There's Sid Barrett and there's Roger Waters. So Sid Barrett left. Floyd in 68, I think it was. Um, He was dealing with some serious mental health issues. Uh, I think he broke down a few times. And it just wasn't plausible for the band to go on like this. And Gilmore came in after Barrow, right? No, he came before Just before he left, yeah. There
1: was a short period of of their history. Where well, they were together. Yeah, they were together. But basically, Gilmore was playing the parts that Barrett couldn't play because he was so high on tracks. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, so they were kind of playing together, but not, yeah. not necessarily writing well, together. Yeah, well, anyway... Gilmore with... was kind
0: of a replacement whilst the guy was still there. Yeah. Well, with Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd's sound was very progressive, wasn't it? Very avant-garde, very... Less psychedelic. Psychedelic, yeah, extended music, you know. wasn't pleasant to everyone, not everyone liked it. Sid Barrett left, and although Pink Floyd still pro- still had that psychedelic, progressive sound, they were now making it more accessible. Yeah. They were making the songs shorter, think of Dark Side of the Moon, um, and it made it more, more accessible to the audience. So you do wonder, if Sid hadn't have left, maybe they'd have just been one of those underground bands who play 20-minute-long songs of... A guitarist hitting his guitar with a drumstick for the sake of art. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, very hard. But if Sid Barrett hadn't left, Pink Floyd might not have found that beautiful balance they found between rock music and progressive music. Well, they wouldn't have become the Pink Floyd we know.
1: Certainly not. Certainly I not. do not. love the first album. I think uh, uh, the Piper at the Gates of Dawn is, it's an awesome psychedelic album. Sid is a fantastic songwriter. Yeah, but. I think I, I don't know if it was Roger Waters or Nick Mason who said we couldn't have started with without him or we couldn't have carried, carried on, on yeah. with him
0: very you know, interesting comment because yeah. it is what it is
1: with, with them and uh, how how can you make a band succeed if someone is not there anymore mm. it's yeah. too high yeah. can't play the instrument properly not, not bringing any good songs to the band anymore and he's the leader that was a the yeah. I, 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 um, the story goes they just, left him isn't it yeah they <laughs> just didn't pick him up for a gig one day it's like they, driving yeah. the van going to a gig shall we shall, shall we pick him up Oh that's no, it. No, that's... leave him behind this time and yeah, that was sorry, it sin. sorry <laughs> Sid sorry and that was it they yeah. left him behind never joined the band again and then Waters had a, a, a difficult time there because it was like okay I need to take the lead because no one else will do it yeah, not because I'm not because I'm a natural leader. Yeah. not because I want to be the leader. And hats off to the guy because he made the band his own. So yeah. then we have like this. I would say the second incarnation of Big Floyd when the, the the leadership moves from Sid Barrett who's not even there anymore yeah. to Roger Waters. Yes, and the lyrics become a really big part of what the band is, yeah. and all his philosophical and political ideas are there and he's leading the band, clearly leading the band and writing all the songs, yeah most of them from that point until the uh, mid eighties when he decided to leave. Yeah. Ha. So that's the next one isn't so it. So after all all the epic albums they did, Waters leaves the band and then humor even said in an interview, We are a rock band, if someone leaves you are gonna carry it. Yeah and that's what it is. I don't care what people think. So uh, I understand what Gilbert did. It's like well, I want to play with my band. Well, he think- was the one who left, right? Yeah, it's
0: true. So but I what do. do you think- said yeah. What do you think Waters leaving did to Pink Floyd's well, music? I I tend to think that's like that's is way that too third-
1: shocking. Yeah, that would that's be the, the third, third lineup of Pink Floyd, right? In my opinion, that we're Pink Floyd Mark Three. Yeah. Is- uh, no Sid, No Waters yeah. and Gilmore is, is the boss so, but you're not the main songwriter, how can you lead the band then you think about the commercial side of it, well okay. you can easily go on tour without Roger Waters yep. Yeah. you get a good professional bass player Guy Pratt joined them yeah. fantastic bass he players is. Yeah, yeah. but no one knows, no one wants to know it's just a session <laughs> guy right? like, if you're a musician you probably know him uh, musicians love him. he's a is a is one of the best bass players in the yeah, world. Yeah, met him I a think. couple of times at the bass shows. a oh, lovely guy. Yeah, lovely, guy. lovely guy. Great musician. And I think he was happy to be the guy playing the playing bass in instead <laughs> of being Pink Floyd's bass player. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you have, uh, <laughs> you are Roger Waters replacement. No, you can't be because you don't and have. Roger them. Waters was more than just a bassist. He was a songwriter, songwriter yeah. and lyricist. So a so, band leader. Yeah. Yeah. A as producer. Well. So Guy Pratt joined them to play the bass, yeah. Yeah. not to be Roger Walter's replacement. The, the bassist, bassist, yeah. But what yeah, they see. were missing from that point onwards on was like uh, uh, a, a lyricist, for instance. So who's going to write the lyrics? Also, I like to listen to songs like Off the Grill where you have Walter's voice on the verse and Gilbert's voice on the chorus. Yeah it makes it interesting you you get to get a big contrast then you have just one lead singer in the band from that point and for me it gets a bit boring sometimes but again if I allow myself to think of that band as another band yeah Or let's say that's David Gilmore's solo career (laughs) I just kept the name for commercial reasons Yeah, yeah and it's
0: a good band and it's a great live band so yeah perfect I think Instrumentally as well, one band I wanted to talk about with lineup changes was, um, well, actually, do you know because you mentioned Guy Pratt, the other one is uh, yeah. Pino Palladino who stepped oh, in with the Who. The Who, wow, well, yeah. Again, we're talking, yeah, then we go back to session guys. We, we
1: love session guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pino, yeah, Pino played with the Who, but then the way he replaced uh, John Entwistle was it's very tragic, isn't it? Because you know, Guy died when the tour was booked. So, I think they postponed a few dates and just got Pin on board and Yeah, you gotta be ready one week. Again, massive responsibility, but as a musician, he can deliver. The other lineup change you can see there is uh, uh, the drummers, right? Because they tried a the few yeah. drummers and they finally found Zach Starkey, who stayed in the band for ages you know every time the Who plays now Zack Stark is going to be on drums that's Ringo's son Ringo's son yeah uh, who is a fantastic drummer and perfect perfect for the Who yeah really sounds as noisy as Keith Moon Uh, a (laughs) bit more controlled yeah you know a bit you know with with a nice touch uh, and and all the heaviness they need without going nuts in, in, in his personal life like Keith Moon so um that is an interesting uh, lineup change because they tried, for instance, Simon Phillips, one of my favorite all time drummers, yeah, played with the hoop but didn't stay uh, uh, in, in the band as a regular member oh, really? because maybe it was too good. Yeah, it's possible. Get it? it? Sometimes you can be too good for the job, too technical. Yeah, and they needed someone who was more rock and roll, and I think Zach
0: uh, uh, was the, the ideal. Replacement. Well, yeah. good to, to, so to move yeah. on from this, because you mentioned to... about Pino to, yeah. um, taking over yeah. um, from a guy who's just died, and yeah. I think this this is now a different kind of um, uh, discussion point about the same overall uh, idea, which is that Metallica, in 1986, after their release of Master of Puppets, Cliff Burton, who was Metallica's bassist for the first three albums, he died. Um, In a very tragic accident Uh, They were on tour And the tour bus hit black ice And um, Cliff was thrown from the bus uh, As the bus toppled over And he died Now, I know personally I know um, from I love Metallica And I've watched loads of interviews and documentaries And it hit the band very, very hard Especially the singer, James Hetfield And the leader and drummer, Lars Ulrich So the difference here is that, as because they're a band and they're just starting out their career, Master of Puppets was their first big success. They needed to replace. You can't just say we well, you you had a the session they're guy. They're not to play famous the main enough. Yeah. They're not famous enough to say, well, also, "Oh, we're just going to use this guy."
1: Also, you're not going on tour with a ten-piece band. You know, yeah. when we mentioned Floyd and the Stones, they were already using session guys yeah. as added members. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to just put someone else. There in the band, it's just another guy, it's one more session guy, yeah, uh, in, in the middle of loads of other freelance musicians. Whereas, the band. 1980s. it's 1980s... we're gonna have one guy who is not a member, yeah, like
0: oh, it's the three of us plus one guy playing the bass, yeah, they couldn't do that, could they? So, yeah. the album afterwards and Justice for All 1989, my favorite Metallica album, actually has no bass or very, very little because. I think to put, it, to put it There's loads of arguments about whether the technology Something went wrong But I think from all the evidence we have James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich They didn't want their, their, their new bass player Jason Newstead Showing up and beating Cliff Burton's bass playing And so there was this always From the start there was this weird dynamic With Jason Newstead in the band There are clips oh, wait, from man. them on stage Where him and James Hetfield are not getting on and it looks like he never found his place in the band yeah even though he did so much and he is my favorite of the metallica bass players he's
1: my favorite musician in metallica yeah
0: yeah because uh cliff is a genius yeah can't think very innovative for bass playing yeah that's it but uh, sorry innovative for metal bass playing
1: yeah yeah. sorry you know he's part of of the you know bass history yeah yeah for sure It's a Big name, but Jason's just but brilliant. Was a, as a musician, you know, yeah, he was just a good singer as well. He was doing backing vocals, he was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, helping them to write the songs as far as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah. And but you're right, he's never a great
0: musician, yeah. It just didn't but feel like he ever settled and, and found his place,
1: partially because the fans didn't accept that, and the, which I think
0: sometimes is a bit unfair to musicians. The guy's are
1: giving everything they can to the yeah. band, and I think, as and a fan, oh, you, you're not the original. Well, uh, yeah, and as a fan,
0: you've might got to, to trust the other members yeah. that they're doing what's best for the band and the music that you as a fan loves. Yeah, um, And then, obviously, another bass-playing change is that Newstead left Metallica and Rob Trujillo came in. Now, the interesting thing here is that Metallica, James, Kirk and Lars learned their lesson because uh-huh. things did not go well with Jason business-wise. They invited him to be part of the band and seemed like he didn't see things the way that James and Lars wanted to see things. Yeah. So with Rob Trujillo, they, they brought him, him in. They, well, he no, he is an official member yeah. of Metallica, but I'm sure if we, if we were to ever see his contract, it would be very interesting, because I don't believe he has any voting rights. I see. I don't think he um, contributes anything to how Metallica moves forward as a band What I know is that they offered him the gig And when he accepted it He got a one million dollar Signing fee if you like Other than that he is a face of Metallica He is on the album covers He is in the press releases He's in this, he's in that But he doesn't have any choice I believe in how Metallica decide to move forward Which I think is really interesting That is really interesting Because it's
1: like I'm giving you A or the power to be a member
0: of the band, but yeah. you haven't been here since the beginning. So yeah. I'm not gonna give you that much power. Yeah, you know. I'm not sure which, financially which... what happens if Rob takes a lesser car. Um, oh, I don't know. Tough call. Yeah, I I, I, I don't I, think that would happen. I think they probably all yeah. receive the same Would
1: you thing. I'm thinking would you do that? If you if you you know, managing the band, would you give it's a tough call, give the new guy the same would. amount of money as the
0: guys would be there yeah. end of the brand you know, I would I would but I, what I wouldn't give him was choice or yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. know what what I, would do, I wouldn't give him or her his choice I wouldn't I'd say right we've been in this band for 20 years you're new we know how we want Metallica to be so you're not going to get any say in how we run this band but you're going to earn the same as us yeah, I think that's fair yeah that's that's interesting, fair. interesting talk so it's in, so yeah. yeah.
1: you want to talk well, about no, there's few more bands I mean we don't we we might need to do another show about lineup changes. <laughs> Part two. Two. Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, but there's
0: a couple of things that you know better than me, so I wanted to talk about Iron Maiden. Oh uh, yeah. Now the interesting thing about Iron Maiden, again, one of my f- another one of my favorite bands. With Iron Maiden, I-, I suppose the same could be said for Metallica to a lesser ex- to a lesser extent. But with Iron Maiden, there was such a huge change in the style of music between the first singer and the second singer yeah. Iron Maiden for me when they started in 1970 up until Number of the Beast in 1982 for me they were a punk metal band or maybe we we'll call them a punk band who were you know in, uh, influenced and in, innovating heavy metal Paul Diano was a great punk vocalist and you know you've Steve Harris writing the metal music that was in a punk style when Bruce Dickinson joined the band, it was a defining moment and a change in the style and sound of Iron Maiden. Now, a lot of people, you know Iron Maiden and you think of the rhythm. Dun, 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 that signature Maiden. There was that in the first two albums. But the overall vibe of it felt very different. It feels very different well, Nico wasn't in the band as well. Nico yeah. wasn't in the band. Yeah. Paul Diano was on vocals clive burr was on drums and then 1982 number of the beast bruce dickinson was on vocals i still think clive burr was on drums for number of the beasts i think nico came in for peace of mind but anyway you've got bruce dickinson with his high long-held screaming notes yeah. that actually said we're iron maiden and we're fucking metal <laughs> That's it. He did, and he's a lyricist as well, isn't he? He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: from that point onwards, you have a guy who most people don't know this Steve Harris is the boss. Yeah, and the songwriter, the because, primary songwriter. Yeah, but because he, because Bruce Dixon is so, uh, he's such a strong character, and yeah. and and is you can't not, you can't think of Iron Maiden without him nowadays. No, 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 no. But it's it's such an integral integral part of. Uh, the image of the band is and yeah. the sound of the band and his, his voice is so easily uh, recognisable
0: so Be, being a maiden sorry go on. yeah no he is he is our maiden for me yeah but there's you a know. there's a being a maiden fan every other maiden fan listening will know that there's the there's a little oh. spell where Bruce Dickinson left and Blaze yeah. Bailey came in poor but guy we don't talk about that no, as no, Iron no Maiden one fans talks, yeah, no, one <laughs> no but in all why. seriousness Nowadays Iron Maiden are playing a song on tour called Sign of the Cross, which is a Blaze Bailey gym. Yeah. So I love this idea that and they and they play but loads of stuff Bruce from the first two albums. Sing, yeah. Well, Bruce doesn't mind singing and Iron Maiden are saying, This is part of our history. Yeah. This is part of our history and we're not gonna forget just because we didn't get on with Paul Diana, we're not gonna forget that he was ever a member. This is how we got to Iron Maiden, but this is how we got Iron Maiden to where they are today. I think that's really yeah. crucially important. That so, yeah. is really, really interesting to, yeah, to acknowledge that those guys had a uh,
1: part to play. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and uh, although some fans are not going to understand it, not going to appreciate it, but it is. Yeah, it is. It's there. You it's should talk about
0: one of your favorite bands,
1: mm. Deep Purple. Deep Purple. Oh, Deep Purple. Oh, here we go. Uh, the first lineup didn't have <laughs> Ian Gillan and Rich Blackmore. So. You think about when you think about the original band. Here comes an, an interesting concept to me: original lineup versus classic lineup.
0: Yes. Yeah. The
1: Purple's classic lineup is Richie Blackmore, John Lord, Roger Glover, Ian Pace, and Ian Gillan. Yeah, agreed. Because they recorded the most famous albums in rock: um, Machine Head, Machine Head, Fireball. Fireball. Yeah. So if those three albums, albums alone. Define what Deep Purple is for most fans. Yeah, right. Yep. so that's the classic lineup. When I saw them live uh, for the first time, nineteen ninety nine, John Lord was still in a band, and they had Steve Morse on guitar, who is one of my favorite all time guitar players. So I don't mind uh, watching him instead of Blackmore. Really. Yeah. Uh, Really great uh, I think But it's still very close to the classic lineup, we're just missing yeah. one
0: guy, so easier for people to accept that. Well I think I think Deep Purple are one of the examples that I made at the start of the episode where I said for for me anyway, the music is so consistent that yeah. I don't mind who's in it. I love Richie Blackmore as a songwriter and guitarist. I love his work with Rainbow. and that's how I found out about Deep Purple. Um, so would I like Richie Blackmore to be in Deep Purple? Yes, but Steve Morse does a brilliant job, no. and the music doesn't change that dramatically. You uh, still be they're, they're still executing deep purple style albums.
1: Exactly. Also, the the ego conflicts they had with with Richie would make it impossible for them to carry on as a band. They yeah. don't like themselves. Yeah. As, you know, they don't like each other. First and foremost, you've got to do what's right for the band. Yeah, exactly. And Steve Morse had a. a, a very simple job. Play your guitar, put a mouth shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, that's it. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah, that's it. So and, right, right, done. Signed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What What a great guitar player. <laughs> and that is an interesting one. I mean, just to 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 mention an interesting fact is when Rich Blackmore left, I think in the middle of a tour, they got Joe Satriani to replace him. Wow, really? really? I did not know, know that. that. There's videos of that. Wow. Uh, he played great. a few games. <laughs> That's great. And, I mean, Joe really come on.
0: Yeah. What a player.
1: Oh, monster, monster. Yeah. He didn't stay in the man. Was, was that think. his choice, or was it deeper? I circles? don't know. I don't know. They got him to do I don't know if he didn't want to stay, or I don't know if they realised he wasn't the guy for the man. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Such a great player, but they needed someone had more to do with their style and I think Steve Morse was just the perfect fit he was yeah Yeah. Uh, uh, talking about guitar
0: players again one more red, red Hot Chili Peppers oh yeah that's another crucial one I mean I was chatting to my I mean you know my, my brother Tarek we were chatting yeah. the other day about so Chili Peppers have just released a new song uh, with Fruscianti back for the first time in I don't know maybe might be 10 or so years I'm I not really 10 sure years 11 years or something there is just a wonderful familiarity with this new song as soon as i hit play on it and the opening guitar riff happened and was was being played i just thought this is home and i i wouldn't even call myself a big chili peppers fan i haven't listened to all the albums i don't know all the songs i got a good 10 or 15 songs i do enjoy and when i heard that new song the other day i just thought yes like this is chili peppers This is Chili Peppers at their best with John Friscianti. I can't remember what the other guy's called. It sounds like a German name. It's like Klinghoffer or something. Um, But anyway, he's done a great job. Where's the research? Yeah, You need to know the guy's name. So
1: Um, (laughs) we're not going to edit this out. It's going to be
0: fine. I'll take this. Last doesn't know one guy's name. (laughs) Um, I don't
1: know either, but who cares? So this is just just the guy who
0: replaced. Yeah, yeah. But, but But seriously, this is. John Fruscianti is a household name for rock musicians and yeah. rock music fans. Yeah. The other guy isn't. And I think that is testament enough to what Fruscianti brings to the Chili Peppers. Right. My, my point about that is you can get someone who can play
1: the parts. Yes. You you can always... Okay, I know people out there say, oh, no one can play like this guy. Well, you can always find someone who can play the parts. Yes. Who can play the right notes with the right tone using the same instrument and whatever. Yes. But rock music, unlike electronic music or classical music, the performers, they have, they're so important uh, in terms of bringing character to
0: the band that people are going to feel the difference. The character also comes in other forms. It's not just performance. Character comes in songwriting. And like I just said about that new Chili Peppers song, the minute you hear the first bar of music, you think Bruciantes is back, baby. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's just cool. great. The other thing, um, and it's a classic lineup as well. No, back right, to yeah, exactly. Classic. There's only one other band I wanted to mention yeah. that I had to talk about, and that was Opeth, um, because never heard of them. No, they're a pro. They're, a, they're a, <laughs> I think they call themselves progressive death metal. But my point with that is, that it's another um, another example of how a modern day band can be run. Mikhail Ackerfeld is the guitarist lead guitarist, lead singer and uh, band leader basically and in much the same way as sort of Frank Zappa might do or Bruce Springsteen Do you like Zappa? I like Zappa? That's another episode The answer, in a nutshell yes um, but O- Opeth is run by Mikhail Akafel And there have been numerous lineup changes But it just goes I don't really need to say too much It just goes back to the point that He's found someone who can do the job And play the parts that he has written okay. As good as the previous guys There are definitely guitarists in Opeth Who have brought A different kind of personality to it There's a drummer who has a lot more laughs on stage Than the previous drummer But nice. the previous drummer was very technical very on it and obviously to, to drum in Opeth you have to be immaculate so the new guy's not crap but the other guy was just he was flawless I see. so interesting that you have a, a situation kind of like Guns N' Roses as well where the singer took the responsibility and made all the decisions but the difference with Opeth is that Akerfeld writes, sings and owns the band he is clearly in charge so it's he is Opeth the yeah. if there's so, no Mikhail Akerfeld there's no Opeth
1: I I think yeah, I mean this is a subject that we can clearly go back to this in the future. We can, yeah, yeah. You know, talk about all the bands that that been through lineup changes. And I want you guys to give us your, your opinions about the line lineup changes we've mentioned. Yeah. The ones we should have mentioned. Uh which bands sound better yeah. after changing, which
0: bands don't this sound as good as this. That's what we'll do for the next one. So this yeah. has been describing lineup changes, why you do this, why you might do that, why a band have chosen this. Next time we'll do a definitive were they better after the change. Yeah? Oh, wow. We're gonna that's, do a quick segment. That's controversial, yeah. right? We're gonna do a quick segment. And it's gonna be a bit useless, but I don't care. Here is feed the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, we're on the road. And Felipe doesn't know that I packed some food for our journey. Oh. This is the only, this might be the only literal Feed the Drummer. Happy Gig Day, bro. There's no meaning. It's just no, have a brioche. There we go. Thank you so much, Love. <laughs> well, that's all we're doing. We yeah. can't do much in a car. I can't go and prepare the food. <laughs> Enjoy your brioche. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Any other... Uh, I just want to say
1: something about the, the topic we discussed is if you struggle to accept a line of change try to listen to that band as if they were another band and understand yeah, that they kept point. the name for commercial reasons everyone wants to make money you might like a band um, like I struggle to accept Dio a Sabbath uh, uh, singer because you know I got to you know uh, Ozzy's albums first and I loved yeah. them so oh, how come I mean there's another singer in the band from that year onwards yeah. and um and I didn't want to listen to it. But I said, okay, let's pretend it's just another band. And it sounded great to me. You might be surprised if you give the lineup uh, changes or the,
0: the new, the different lineups a, a chance and listen to them. But yeah,
1: in some yeah. cases, it doesn't work,
0: does it? Just, just but, to add to that, you know. I just I was just gonna say that um, as you're, you're saying it as, think of it as a different band, I'm yeah. in, a, in a sense agreeing and saying, think of it as different music. There you go. There's still Iron Maiden making music, but there's Blaze Bailey at the vocals. The music will be different, yeah. even just because of one instrument, the voice. Yeah. So take it, any lineup up changes, sort of take them, with a, take them with an optimism, because it could go in the direction that you couldn't imagine, and they might make a great album, well, or a different about, album. Think about Spinal Tap, the drummers, they all died. How what? can you carry on, you know? We just have to, you know, you know, you know, just, spontaneous to, combustion. Yeah, one of the leading know, causes of drummer deaths. in Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it happens, but they carry on. We need to do an episode on spinal tap as well. So, so many ideas. That will be anyway, coming soon. Guys, yeah. Um, yeah. Good idea. Good. Good. Great place to end the episode. I really enjoyed that chat, and I think um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that the car wasn't an issue. I think we covered some really great. Topics and we discuss things in depth. It's been a good discussion. Yeah, some.
1: I, I want to do more episodes like this where we're not talking about one band or one album. Yeah. we're talking about yeah. topics that, are, that you, relate to it more bands. And you, know? you guys,
0: let us know. You know, share, like, comment on our stuff if you like this stuff. Join in the discussion. Like Felipe said, tell us about what you think about lineup changes. But anyway, guys, um, thank you again for, for joining us for another episode. As usual, we are on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at Long Live RNR Pod. Then on YouTube and Facebook, you can search the Long Live Rock and Roll Podcast. As I mentioned in the last episode, we're going pretty YouTube heavy at the moment. We're going to try and put all our content there so that. Uh, people who prefer visual experience can use that and you still get your podcast on all your providers so thank you again very much guys Um, give us a like a share a comment a follow any of that stuff and keep supporting us because we really love what we do and we hope you enjoy it as well
1: yeah thanks for being with us and keep on rocking everyone
0: as usual guys take care and long live rock and roll